Amen. Well, this morning, I want to share a message with you. This will be my uh, first opportunity. I'll get a chance also to preach on the 25th, but I want to dive into the Christmas season today as we enter into December together. And my message this morning is entitled, and it's kind of a long one today. I usually have a fairly short title, but uh, this is the heart of what I want to share with you today, and I, I want you to get it today because this is so important. Would you say it with me? Can we say it together? God does the most amazing things with the least likely people. Let's try it again, okay? All together now, all right? All together now. God does the most amazing things with the least likely people. I felt that way all my, uh, all my life, quite honestly. Um, I was surprised, surprised that God would call me, that God would choose me, that God would want to use my life. I didn't grow up in a Christian home at all. Um, until I was 15 years old, I didn't even know the simplest Bible stories. I, had, uh, I could have counted on one hand the number of times I was in church. In fact, it may have been just one time. So I, um, I didn't have much of a Christian background, but I, when I came to Christ and I began to understand his plan and I began to understand his purpose for my life, one thing that I have felt all along is I want my life to count for God. I want my life to count for God. I, I'm nothing special, but God's called me and I know he's called you too. And I know he's chosen you and he wants your life to count for his glory. So Micah 5.2 says this. It's very interesting. The whole Christmas story is kind of wrapped in this theme, right? That God does the most amazing things with the least likely people in the least likely places in the least likely ways or the most unexpected ways. It's really interesting, right? All the different little facets of the Christmas story. Micah 5.2 says this. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Here's this little bitty backward town, if you will. We know it, of course, but it was not known for anything special in that day and time. Bethlehem, this would be the place that Jesus was born, just a little hillside town that wasn't famous or powerful or well-known. And it's interesting because the Christmas story emphasizes again and again through different ways the fact that God does the most amazing things through the most unexpected people and places. Then we go to where Jesus was raised. It's interesting, right? John 1.46 says this. Nathanael comes and says these words, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Where Jesus was born was an insignificant place. Where he was born was, if you will, a sketchy place at best. Not exactly what you would expect for the Son of God or for someone that was going to change the world the way Jesus did, but this is God's way, and it's so different than the ways of the world around us. God always has, it seems, a different way of approaching thing, things than the world around us does. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul makes this really clear, and you know this passage, but look at it with me again this morning. 
1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God's chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh, no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, you've probably heard that before. But I want you to think with me just a little bit here this morning. Can you imagine the early Corinthians reading this letter that Paul has penned to them and reading it in light of what he's just said about each and every one of them? Basically, hey, you guys, you Corinthians, you're just a bunch of nothings. I mean, that's essentially what he's saying. You really are. But that's who God chooses to use so that no flesh can glory in his presence. You know, if we're really honest, guys, none of us are going to stand before God one day and say, yeah, God, you really did good in picking me. I mean, hey, I was a first-round pick, wasn't I? I mean, none of us are going to say that in the presence of God. In fact, we're going to stand there so humbled in the presence of our almighty God and say, God, I don't know why you chose someone so weak and so feeble and so foolish, but God, I want you to get all the glory. We're going to cast our crowns at his feet because he and he alone is worthy. And by the way, this passage also speaks really powerfully to the fact that sometimes you and I we bemoan why God can't use us. Sometimes we say, God, I, I, you know, I'm just so weak. I, I'm not smart. I'm not, I'm not really the spiritual one. But anytime we do that, let me just say this. You are perfectly qualified for God's work. You're actually stating your qualifications. You are not disqualifying yourself by the fact that you feel inadequate or, or unprepared or not smart enough or whatever. You're actually stating your qualifications for how much you can be used by God. It's interesting, you know, as if you've pastored for a while, I've pastored for a long while now and you try to approach these Christmas stories and find new angles and find new perspectives and bring new insight at the holidays. And today, I, I, I want to focus on two key players, a young couple, a young couple that quite honestly had no idea God was going to use their lives in great ways, a young couple that quite honestly, if, 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 if it wasn't for the Christmas story, if it wasn't for them being a part of God's great plan, you and I would have never heard of them. They were just ordinary, young people, pursuing their lives, trying to fulfill their dreams, going about life just like everybody else around them. But there must have been something about their hearts that God saw that qualified them, something in them that said yes to his plan and his purpose. And hopefully they'll remind us today 
that you and I are also perfect, if you will, for him to use. In fact, today, the key word that I want you to really focus on as we get into the scriptures today is the word you. You. And I want you to see it very personally today. That God's called you. That you're not disqualified. That you're not inadequate. That regardless of what you've been through and how many trials and tests and challenges and failures and faults and whatever else that you might struggle with, you might feel wholly inadequate and very unlikely. But you're just the kind of person that God chooses and qualifies and uses if you'll say yes to him. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, it's a powerful passage. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph to the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great and he'll be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Lord, bless your word this morning. First thing I want to point out to you is simply this, and I want you to get it personally this morning that the Lord is with you. Luke 1, 28, having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. I want you to get this deep in your spirit today. This is, this is foundational stuff, folks. It's not just Mary that God is with let me say that again. It's not, sometimes we read the Bible and we think, how does this relate to me? Who am I compared to them? They were great people, we, we think. But I want to remind you this morning, and you've got to get this, okay? God is not just with Mary. God is with you. If you are a disciple of Jesus, his tangible presence in your life is what will make a difference in everything you touch and or you do. 
Matthew 28, 20 says it very powerfully, right? Probably just the most succinct way to drive this home to you this morning. Jesus says this about those who are his disciples and following his plans and purposes. I am with you always. I want you to see that this morning. He's not just with Mary. He's with you. There's no mistaking that according to Scripture, he's with you. He was with Mary to do amazing things through an ordinary young girl, and he's with you to do amazing things through your life. The Christmas story in our own story is rooted in the miracle-working power of God at work within our lives. It's a miracle, by the way, that we've been saved from our sin. It's a miracle that we've been freed from the bondage of that sin so that we can walk in freedom in Jesus. It's a miracle that we've been called and we've been chosen and that God has a purpose and a plan and that we're going to spend eternity with him. That's a miracle. There really is no greater miracle than that, but he's with you and he wants to use your life in this, in this day and time for his glory. Secondly, you're blessed. Luke 128 says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now before we, you know, guys, this is for you too, Okay? You are blessed of the Lord, and I want you to see this. How do I know that? Well, take a look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, whether you realize it or not, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, this isn't just gold, frankincense, and myrrh, folks. Those are the blessings of man, right? And that was honoring, and that was wonderful. But I'm talking about something so much higher, so much deeper, so much stronger, so much longer lasting. Every spiritual blessing in Christ is yours. Do you know what that means? Because some of you are like, well, what does that mean exactly, Pastor Jeff? I mean, what, what good does that do me? I'm not even sure what that is. Let me say it this way. It means there's absolutely no lack in your life for you to do what God has called you to do for him. He's given you everything you possibly need to do his will in this life for his glory. There's no lack, none, absolutely none. You have all you need in Christ to fulfill God's call in your life. You and I cannot stand before him one day and say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't do more. I just didn't have everything I needed. Absolutely not. You might say, in myself, I don't have what it takes. But again, that's actually your qualification so that he can back you up and he can bless you and he can use you so that no flesh will glory in his presence. But so you and I can stand there one day and cast our crowns at his feet and give him all the glory because he and he alone is the one who accomplished great things in and through weak vessels, clay pots, if you will. Number three, Scripture says you are highly favored. 
highly favored. Luke 128, having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Then he repeats it again. Interesting. In verse 30, then the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Repeats it to her. Sometimes we need things repeated to us because first time, for whatever reason, we just don't quite get it. But you are favored in God. You are highly favored in God. You're going, but wait a minute, Pastor Jeff. That's, that's to Mary. That's not to me. Oh, yes, it is. And I can prove it to you this morning. Through Scripture, you are highly favored of God. There's only two times in Scripture this word, this Greek word is used. Two times. And I'm going to show you the other one. And I'm going to show you how it's translated. And you're going to see again this morning that you are highly favored of God. I mean, you know, if I were to ask you, who is it? You know, who, who is it that's highly favored of God? You know, and, and you didn't know the answer. You might say, well, maybe it's Jesus or Moses or David or Peter. The answer is actually you. You're the one highly favored of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Here it is again, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of, his glo of the glory of his grace, by which... He made us accepted. Everybody say accepted. accepted. In the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. By which he's made us, you and I, accepted in the beloved. It's only two times in scripture this word is used. The same word for accepted is the exact same word for highly favored. Let me read it that way because it just happens to be translated different, differently. By which he has made us highly favored in the beloved. By which he has made you and I highly favored in the beloved. You're highly favored people in Christ whether you realize it or not. He is with you. He has blessed you. And according to scripture, God's holy word, you're highly favored in Christ. Now, what is the high favor of God? Let me put it this way. The high favor of God is the miraculous manifestation of the blessing of God's presence in your situation and your circumstances. Let me say it again. The high favor of God is the miraculous manifestation of the blessing of God's presence in your situation and circumstances. In other words, it's the very thing that causes the will of God to become reality for you. Everything you touch can be touched by God's presence. Have you ever seen that in somebody's life? You ever seen somebody or known somebody? It just seemed like they had that Midas touch. Whatever they touched, whatever they did, God's favor was upon them. There was blessing. There was breakthrough. There was opportunity. There, was, there were open doors. All those kind of things. They were walking in the reality of what it meant to be accepted in the beloved and highly favored by God. 
And I'm here to tell you this morning, you are highly favored of God. Number four, you'll conceive and bring forth a son. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there. I know you're going, Pastor Jeff, you're really stretching me this morning. Luke 131, and behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. Very interesting, you know, when you do study the Greek and you look at the Greek uh, transliterations and translations, and it's different here than what you might imagine. Let me take you to another story in Scripture real quick, and I'm, I'm leading to a point here, okay? Remember the story in Luke chapter 5 where Jesus tells his disciples to launch back into the deep for a catch? And the disciples say, well, Master, we've been fishing all night long and we've caught nothing. And Jesus says, it's all right, launch back out. And they say, in response to Jesus encouraging them to launch back out into the deep, nevertheless, at your word, we will do it. And they go back out, and if you remember the story at all, they catch a huge, miraculous catch. So much so, the boat is sinking. Luke 5, 7, in the midst of that passage, it says, they called for help. It's the same word for conceive. The same word used just a moment ago in Luke chapter 1. It's, it's the word Silambano in the Greek, and it literally, five times it's, it's translated as conceive, two times it's translated as help, and eight times it's translated as take. I want you to remember that. They couldn't believe the fish they'd taken. It's the same word too. It has something to do that w w within us, what God takes hold of has to, do, has, to, has to be something within us that takes hold of what God wants to do. God plants in us his dreams, his desires, his heart, his plan, his vision. It's, it's like being impregnated, if you will, with something miraculous. It's revelation is what Scripture calls it. And you have to take hold of it. We're pregnant, if you will. I know, guys, again, this is stretching, right? We're pregnant with the purposes of God. What would happen if we took hold of everything that God was calling us to do? Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says this toward the end of his life. It's a powerful passage. He says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I might lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I, I, I've always wanted to pastor a people who were laying hold of that which God laid hold of them for. Uh, you know, one of the things as you get older in ministry, your greatest joy is seeing other people hear from the Lord and step out in faith and trust Him to do great things through their lives. Your greatest joy is to champion others, to become what God has called them to be. That's what I want to be as your pastor, someone who's cheering you on, who's encouraging you daily to listen to God's voice, to hear his heart, and to lay hold of the purpose that he's laid hold of you for. Let me tell you, when Jesus laid hold of you, he laid hold of you for a purpose. 
Yes, he loves you unconditionally. But you have a part in this story. You really do. And I, I, found, I found through my life, the greatest things God has done have just come when I've just cooperated with him. When I've just said yes to him. And sometimes it was so scary. Sometimes I didn't know what I was doing. Sometimes I just, I just felt the sense of God leading me to say yes, to partner, to, to be available, to, be, want to, to, to really deeply desire to want to be used by God. I want to show you uh, a video here in just a moment this morning. Um, we have so many great examples right here in this room of people who've just said yes to God, people who've just said, you know what, where I am and what I'm doing, I want to be there, I want to be used of God, I want to make a difference, I want my life to count. This Wednesday, there's a, um, a major prayer breakfast, 7.30 a.m., Northeast Christian. And um, one of the gentlemen right here in our midst who's a a, a, a strong part of this family is the keynote speaker. His name's Wilson Frazier. I'm so proud of Wilson. Give the Lord, give the Lord praise. Isn't that cool? I, I want to invite you. Is it, is it just for men or for anybody? Yeah, I want to invite you. I think you can still register and touch in with Wilson today and find out how to register and be a part of that. I I'm not sure yet if I can come yet because I've got another outstanding uh, commitment at that time. But, man, I'm excited. This is a major event, and he's sharing what God's been doing in the workplace because of his heart to just say yes to the Lord. To just say, yes, God, here I am. Conceive in me the purposes of God. Bring them forth for your glory. I say yes to you, Lord. I might feel weak, I might feel inadequate, I, but you know what, God, I'm a perfect candidate for you to work through me. <clears throat> and it's amazing, it's a great website too, and uh, Christ, christatwork.cc, yeah, check that out, christatwork.cc, pull that up, look at that, all kinds of incredible testimonies, started, started you know, started small and God has just been blessing it and expanding it. It's what we call, by the way, in, in the, the world of missions, business as mission. Where God is working in the marketplace in businesses in amazing ways. There's testimony of over 30 different businesses now who have welcomed Christ into the workplace and God is moving and working in amazing ways in major businesses all over the United States and around the world. But I want you to see just a little bit about Wilson's story. Let's roll that video. It's pretty cool. I think now more than ever, people are, people are hurting. People need hope. Uh, and so I think being able to bring Christ into the workplace, bring faith into work, uh, is it's important for us. It's important to be able to truly, genuinely care for people and reach people when they're hurting. When people are going through crisis, they need hope. Ever since I can remember, uh, I've had a, a desire to protect people and, and care for people. Um, now it's kind of bringing everything together for me and that uh, it's not a you know work safety care 
And then on the weekends, you know, I'm able to do ministry work or, or, or go to church or whatever, you know, things like that. Um, now it's, it's, it's an opportunity to bring my whole self to work and to do what I've always loved to do, which is just simply to love on people, uh, regardless of um, their faith, regardless of, you know, it, it, their decisions or, or, or where they are in their life, um, to care for all people. I feel like we're called to be a good steward of not just our resources, but our time. And I feel like I've been called to be a steward of the, the, the people that um, God has placed around me and this great company. Uh, and so I, I want to use that time wisely. I want to do the, the most that I can with the opportunity I've been given uh, to, to care for people in a way that um, that I think I'm, I'm genuinely called to do. You know, certainly caring for, for safety is a big part of it, but being able to take that to a deeper level to be able to say, hey, you know, I don't want you just to be physically healthy and well. I want you to be spiritually, emotionally healthy and well as well. What I've seen is I've seen people hurting because of pandemics, because of drug overdoses um, and, and, and suicide. You'll have to tune into the website to hear the rest of that testimony. But is that amazing? Can you give the Lord praise for that? Wilson, thanks for being another one who just said, yes, Lord, and I'll cooperate with you. And I loved, I loved a couple of the lines there. You know, I've, you know, I've always loved people, Wilson said. I've always wanted to protect them. And I can now bring my whole self to the workplace. And, and he sees himself not just as a director of safety, but as a minister of the love of Christ in the workplace. That is amazing. You'll conceive and bring forth a son. Number five, you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it says, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And this is exactly what I'm talking about, folks. Our part is simply to cooperate with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. God does it, not you and I, but we have our part to play. And our part to play is to say yes and to allow God to begin to work through our lives. To deeply desire to want to do His will. To deeply desire to see His purposes accomplished through us. He does it, not us, but we get to cooperate and say yes. I love the Old Testament passage in the book of Zechariah where Zerubbabel, he's a part of, of, of not only going back into the, to the, uh, uh, the, the, the land of the Israelites and restoring the people after the temple had been destroyed, and it's a major task that God has called him to. And, but he realizes the source of the strength of accomplishing that task, right? And you've heard this one, Zechariah 4, 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, say it with me, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Are we going to say yes? Are we going to be available we can't pull it off, but we can cooperate with God in the process. The beginning of this year, I'd stepped into this new role, this, this part-time role that I have of district missions mobilizer for the Atlantic District, 21 states from Maine to Florida, Maine to Miami, I like to call it. 
I had no idea what I was doing. It was so much bigger than me, and I, I, I just, God, help me. Please help me. Please help me. What do I do? How do I make a difference? I was sitting in Orlando, Florida at our first staff meeting, and uh, the director of missions said, at the beginning of this, this Zoom call, it was funny because it was like this was what was on his mind, and I don't think it was a planned part of the call, but he says, man, guys, you just caught me in a moment. I'm trying to figure out we have this incredible opportunity to build a church planting and uh, a training center in the city of Kinshasa, Congo, and uh, I, need, I need to find $220,000, and I don't know where it's going to come from, and this is an incredible strategic opportunity for the kingdom of God. I'm sitting there among the rest of my team, right? And I just feel the Lord say to me, say yes to that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's scary. And way beyond my ability, I don't know how. I, what do you mean, Lord, wait? And I, I just feel this sense of God saying, I want you to partner with that. I want you to take that on. I want you to champion that. I want you to do your part. So I share with my boss, I'm like, you know, I feel like the Lord's just calling me. I don't know. Um, now, here's what was pretty cool about that, right? After that, <laughs> the, the denomination Foursquare decided that they were going to align each of our districts with a certain part of the world, and when it came our time to be aligned with a certain part of the world, guess what part of the world they aligned us with? Africa, the exact place the Congo and Kinshasa is located. I didn't know that was going to happen, but I'd said yes to this. And as of today, I just got this report this past week, we needed $220,000 was our initial goal. And God, to God be the glory, right? To God be the glory because they're... they're there is no place for our flesh in the presence of God. It's not ever about our flesh. It's about us cooperating and saying yes, right? At this point, we've raised 200 and about $12,000 for the glory of God. Can you give the Lord praise for that? Isn't that awesome? And you guys, and that's through our Atlantic District. That's through the churches in the Atlantic District. And New Song has been a part of that. In fact, when we present the Harvest Project to you, you'll see that's a part of it for this next year. Man, I tell you, God is good. We can't pull it off on our own, but man, when we say yes to the Lord, He can do amazing things. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Now I want us to turn real quick to Joseph. Let's look at a couple of things in Joseph's life, the other part of this couple. Because he's got a part of the story too, right? He's battling. He's battling with what to do with Mary when he's heard about what's happened in the encounter with Mary. And it brings us to Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. It says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Number six is simply this. You take Mary to yourself. You take Mary to yourself. What is the angel saying to this confused Joseph, this, this young man? He's saying, you take Mary. You get involved in this miracle that I'm doing. 
do not be afraid and do not let fear kill off or paralyze or stop what I'm doing here. You can imagine Joseph battling with us. I just don't know. I, you know, there's, we get the sense that he, that he was even willing to kind of set her aside. Sometimes fear can take over. It stops us. It paralyzes us. And when it does, we do nothing. But God is speaking to Joseph, don't be afraid. Boy, those are important words for us to hear. Every one of us. Because God wants to do significant things through your life. But you're going to have to choose faith over fear. Don't be afraid. In other words, be brave. Believe God. Have courage. Look at what God has done throughout history. This is why the Bible repeats the story of the parting of the Red Sea so many times. I don't know if you noticed that in the Old Testament. It's repeated again and again and again, right? It's a reminder. God did miracles then. God does miracles now. And aren't you glad of that, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? It's part of what the word does for us, right? It reminds us of God's greatness and his ability to work. Because, as I said at the beginning, and I'm going to say it again, God does the most amazing things with the least likely people. Let's you and I make a choice today the beginning of this Christmas season. Let's, let's fulfill the divine destiny of God in our lives. Let's not let fear win the battle. Let's not let our past failures win the battle. Let's accept God and his call and let him do amazing things through our lives. And lastly, it leads us to this, you shall call him Jesus, Matthew 1, It says, and she'll bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And that's what Jesus means, amen? Before he's even born, call him Jesus. The one who saves people from their sins. Before he's ever done a miracle, you shall call him Jesus. Literally, Joseph is, is cooperating with God. He's, he's speaking what God is speaking to his heart. He's speaking it now. He's aligning himself with God's plan and God's purpose. It reminds me of Romans 4, 17. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is before Jesus was born. Call things like God calls them. The alternative is to be a people pleaser, right? Don't be a people pleaser. Be a God pleaser. Call it out. Believe God for it in advance. Proverbs 18, 21, we shared it last week, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. What does that mean? You line your words up with God's words, there's fruit that will follow. Don't abort the things of God through your words. Line up. Your words with God's plan and God's purpose in your life. Now, I'm not talking about some cockamamie thing like name it and claim it that comes out of a place of spiritual silly immaturity. I'm talking about walking in deep intimacy with Jesus so that you in his presence get a sense from his heart of what he's called you to do and you say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Use me. I'm available. Be it unto me according to your word just like Mary did. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? 
God does the most amazing things with the least likely people. And that's you and I. Would you just say yes to him today? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now? Would you just say yes to God, whatever it is he's calling you to? Listen, if you don't know, then you need to get in his presence. You need to sit before him and listen quietly and allow him to speak. You need to pray against the, 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 the noises of this world and the distraction of the enemy. And you need to focus your heart and mind solely on Jesus and listen for his voice. His word says that his sheep know his voice and they will not follow any other. He wants to speak to you. He wants to show you the plan and the purpose he has for you. It might simply be that you lead your neighbor to Christ. It might be that God does something extraordinary and touches a nation through your life. God will choose how big and powerful and, 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 and he'll choose the details. But will you say yes? Will you listen and lean in and line up your words and say, yes, God, be it unto me according to your word. God, have your way in our hearts today. And do, Lord, do, Lord the most amazing things through the least likely people so that you might receive all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Would you stand with me today? Can you give the Lord praise this morning? Is that a good word for you today? Amen. Lord, go with us now. Let your light shine upon us. Uh, let your face shine upon us and your light shine through us, God, as we go out into the harvest field of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Uh, our Africa things are out over there. If you'd like to support Jacaranda Creations and bless a lady in the slums of Nairobi, uh, great way to do that. And all that money goes directly to um, our ladies there in Nairobi to bless them and help them. God bless you. Have a great, have a great week.